Well, the lull before the metaphorical storm, day two, begins. Bright, dry and almost cloudless sky and we're told that the weather forecast is good for the morning so let's hope that that's the case because coming through the car parks this morning last night's torrential rain have turned them into something vaguely resembling the Somme. Michael, first day for you, second day for us. What are you really looking forward to today? Well, I'll be completely honest, this is actually my first revival. Um, so the whole experience for me is completely fresh and completely new. Uh, and already I'm, I'm blown away by everyone wandering around in the period costumes, the period dress, uh, the planes, the cars. I just can't wait just to get stuck in, really. We've got some very, very fine things coming up. Part one of the St Mary's two-driver saloon car race is on this morning's card qualifying for the RAC TT for 60s sports racers a lot of very good racing coming up and at round one of the children's challenge which is for pedal cars they're all the same they're all scrutineered so they're all identical no modifications to the basic specification allowed and and the, the kids will come out, and interestingly, most of the kids seem to have famous racing driver surnames, such as Goodwood, um, and they will be racing for their own trophy. They're not going all the way round, though. I think that might be a little bit too far to pedal, nearly three miles. But uh, over a fairly short distance, uh, it should be entertaining racing. The Bonhams Auction, of course, one of the highlights of every Goodwood event. They've been title sponsors since the very, very beginning. A marvellous collection of cars, yet again. No huge multi-million pound cars, perhaps, this time around. But some very important collections, particularly that of uh, the late Jack Sears, touring car champion. Uh, his um, collection of cars from the legendary Ford Galaxy with those twin red stripes, which he championed for so many years and uh, well many other cars from his collection everything from Land Rovers to Mustangs because he was a man who enjoyed his cars in all shapes and forms and there are some wonderful examples here from Maseratis just on my right Jaguar in front of me uh, a selection of Porsches old and new a Lamborghini Austin Healey 3000 and perhaps notable in um, this year's catalogue three Bentley Continentals from the late 50s early 60s it's rare to see one of those come up for sale but to see three at the same time is extremely unusual and a wonderful selection of children's cars uh, well are they children's cars I'm not sure they bear hefty price tags and one being a quite remarkable I guess about quarter size copy of Sterling Moss's famous 722 Mimilia car this one with the number 722 on it it's all, in all respects correct for a very lucky child and no doubt this is going to uh, cost many thousands of pounds particularly as it comes embossed if you like with the signature of Sterling Moss and uh, photos of him signing the car and the documents that go with it just strolling across this Lilliputian world of um, children's cars very expensive ones there's a third size I guess copy of a Michael Schumacher car uh, a Maserati Jaguar E-Type a very very pretty Bugatti a Porsche 935 and well the list goes on and on and on some lucky children 
are going to have some very, very special Christmas presents this year. And so large is the uh, auction this year, strength in numbers, I guess, that some of the cars are in fact parked outside. My personal favourite, the Lancia B20, is parked outside. But I'm standing beside this wonderful racing 65, I think, Mustang, left-hand drive, of course, but fully sorted as a race car and in cherry red. Very, very spectacular. A rather nice GT40, a very authentic-looking copy and a real plethora of E-types. Fetching serious money now. Uh, average 100, 150,000. And something that doesn't turn up every day. A Land Rover as built for Her Majesty the Queen and used by her in the 60s and 70s with numerous adaptations, screened and special equipment for the chauffeur and rather grand access at the rear through smart double doors and a control panel so that you can tell the chauffeur which speeds you want to go at and when you want to stop and start. Nice touch that. I think I'll have that fitted to my car. The sun's come out here down at Revival. You can probably hear the cars screaming past us on track. I'm stood next to a beautiful orange Alexis Ford, and I've just been told it's a Marmite colour, but uh, where I'm standing, it looks absolutely gorgeous. Obviously, not something you see every day. What's the practicalities of running something like this? Well, when the, when the car is put together right, the, the, the running's fairly straightforward, so um, assuming nothing untoward happens during qualifying, then it's uh, just really spanner checks. But the basic makeup of a... Formula Junior is fairly basic production-based parts, so uh, good atmosphere in the paddock. And uh, when you have a problem like we did last uh, last session, then plenty of people to help out. Uh, which is exactly what you need, I guess. I mean, I can see, looking around the vehicle now, that you uh, run a few modern advancements, such as the uh, as coilover suspension. So uh, I guess technology has moved on a bit, and you've been able to update the car with it as well. Not really, no. The, um, the standard it's at now is exactly as it ran in period. Um, coilovers made their breakthrough in uh, racing cars to start off with, so the, the Formula Junior has got a, a great sort of five-year period where technology changed quite drastically from front-engine cars to ending up rear-engine disc-braked. So this is the sort of three-quarters of the way through the Formula Junior life cycle, really. So I think it's probably fair to say, really, that when it comes down to motorsport, it's been the pioneer in terms of developing what you see on the road. And, and actually, although, as you say, the technology's been on there a while, to the rest of us, it looks relatively modern, I guess. Looking at the back, it's running a Ford engine, is it? Or? Yeah, uh, most of the cars here are running um, Ford. It's a, a ba- basis from a 997 Anglia, um, and then they're overboard to give it an 1100cc capacity and a pair of uh, twin carburetors on there as well i can see yep so uh, again most most fords run uh, a pair of um 40 dcre webbers uh, which was sort of commonplace in period and still the best today and requires a bit of an expert to set them up right if i remember uh yeah not some not my, part of my uh, remit thankfully <laughs> thanks very much indeed this is uh, your car, the, the Lotus Climax, and what caught my eye on it was not only the signature on the bonnet, yes. but the names on the side. Will you read them off for me, the former drivers of this car? Yeah, it was Jack Brabham, Bruce McLaren and Roy Salvadori. So this was Jack Brabham's car, 
1959, at the time when those guys raced Grand Prix and sports cars and everything. Everything, yeah. Um, so this was his car, which he did the 1959 and 1960 season. He raced with Bruce McLaren at Goodwood right. in the Tourist Trophy in 1959. He raced in Bahamas, Cuban Grand Prix, mm-hmm. Sweden, Denmark... And then Roy Salvadori also raced at that time. It was run by John Coombs. Yes. So the yes. colours are Coombs, Coombs yeah, colours. Yeah. And then he sold in early 1960. And it had a very long history in the US as well. It's, it's in marvellous condition. You've obviously spent years getting it just sweet. Just sweet. No, that's right. That is, uh, for me, it's very special. Beautiful cars. The wire wheels are... I don't think there's another one that has them, but this is exactly as it ran at Goodwood in 1959. So the sort of cut out for the water, cut out for the oil, yeah. were all racing. As, as in period. Yeah, yeah. Oh, lovely. So no, it's a very uh, lovely car. Hello, my name's Ian Stronach, and uh, I built this car in 1963 So this is, this is a car I've never seen before. And there are not many cars here that I've not seen before. Tell me a bit about it, if you would. It's a one-off, you know. I complete, built the complete chassis, and um, originally it was a 1.6 engine, but I really wanted a, a, to find a Buick V8, but at that time, you know, they're impossible to get. So Didier's found this as a wreck in the south of France, in the Vosges Mountains, and restored it to this condition and put the correct engine in it. So, you know, it's... <laughs> I was amazed that, to think that it still existed. And we're in the collecting area with these Formula Juniors with Chris Wilkes. This is a, a Deep Sanderson Ford. It's one of the few that I don't know, but the name Deep Sanderson rings a bell. Well, the Deep Sanderson was made famous by um, Chris Lawrence. So this car was raced and uh, prepared and uh, designed by Chris Lawrence in 1960. And Chris Lawrence became famous because in 62 he went on to uh, win Le Mans, the two-litre class at Le Mans with a Morgan. So he's more closely associated with Morgans, but um, uh, this was what he was playing about with before Morgans. And uh, it is the only one that exists. It is chassis number four of four that were built. The three previous chassis had a very simple VW Beetle suspension setup, yeah. uh, whereas this one's got a much more in- innovative, patented design, um, and uh, it's quite unique, quite uh, quite strange, um, and uh, quite unusual. Well, it, it seems a sort of very sophisticated engineering package. Some of the uh, the cars in this class, some of the earlier ones, certainly a little, little bit rudimentary. Yes, indeed. And I think uh, Chris was, was something of a maverick. His autobiography is called Morgan Maverick, and that, I think, says, says it all. He was uh, very much somebody to, uh, to not accept the norm and try and design something unusual. So it's a very experimental car. You can see all sorts of different uh, suspension pickup points. And, uh, you know, he was, he was quite creative and uh, really wanted to try and make his mark. And certainly in Morgan circles, he did make his mark. Unfortunately, the junior, it did, uh, it did win its first race out at Alton Park. Uh, very wet race and um, the car is designed to roll and uh, it uh, does very well in the wet unfortunately the dry doesn't do quite so well so uh, so at, at the end of the 1960 season it was raced by uh by another chap in 1961 uh but after that it really was retired so basically you've then acquired it at the- 
a number of years ago. I'm guessing you've put some time into this by the looks of it. <laughs> I have. So I bought it in, uh, in 2010. Uh, and, but previous to that, it was found in about 2004 as a rusty chassis by Duncan Rabagliati, who, uh, who's, oh, yeah, the, the, who's, the, who's the main chap on uh, Formula Junior. So uh, he discovered it, had it restored, and then uh, it had, was owned by some previous people who really did very little with it. They went to Monaco and, uh, and uh, here at Goodwood. Uh, but then I bought it and I've been campaigning it ever since. So, uh, so yes, I put some work into it and uh, she's going very nicely now. Well, go out and enjoy it because you've got a nice dry morning to uh, to take to the track. Unlike yesterday, which is pretty awful. Oh, yesterday was dreadful. Uh, we were out early, uh, and all the dampness in the track was just lifting all the oil, and it was uh, it was like a skating rink. I, I think it really wasn't racing; it was surviving. <laughs> so this is the Cooper Climax Bobtail. Correct one of several in this race. I mean, this was one of the great classic races of its period. Oh, absolutely, yes. And actually, this one has a lot of history. It was owned by Lance Reventlow, who, uh, oh, who, yeah, who built Scarabs, yeah. and he bought two Coopers in the 55s and 56, and uh, raced at Sebring with them. And yeah, they were the, at the time, they were the, uh, the really quick, light revolutionary two-seater sports car and then of course the lotuses and the lolas came on just a little later but these were great periods for for open sports car racing with little engines very nimble and light and fairly easy to drive the most beautiful car to drive you can hang it out sideways it never lets you down it's a lovely car a little fragile but uh, beautiful to drive and just the precursor of the, the great Formula One years, which were to follow not many years just after this. True, and in fact, the engine in here, which is a twin-cam Coventry Climax, was actually a Grand Prix engine of its time in the, uh, in the very early 50s. Not bad for a fire-pump engine. Fantastic for a fire-pump engine. Great fun. Very reliable. Good, good cars. And anyone who's ever driven one says the Bobtail may be one of the nicest cars to drive. Yeah, I've heard uh, Sterling talk about the uh, Maserati birdcage in yes. much the same way. Yes. It's, it's just a lovely car to drive. Yeah, very different to some of the other cars I drive, like a Shelby Mustang. <laughs> oh, very different. RSR that. and things. But this is, this is, I probably enjoy driving this as, uh, more than anything else. Well, enjoy the rest of the weekend. I'm no doubt you're going to. Thanks enjoy your much. little run out. Okay, nice Thank to you see you. Thank you So I'm sitting here in the collecting area with Tim Fidel, and we are just looking at what is starting to spit or otherwise it's been quite a dry day um, how do you feel uh, it's going to be out there today bearing in mind the torrential rain of flood that was yesterday it's not raining these spits you're imagining are in your imagination this Ford Falcon is designed for dry weather driving only therefore it's not going to rain again because I'll be storming through the pack I can just imagine it's going to be absolutely beautiful. If it got a little bit slippery, I think you'd actually probably enjoy it, although you're saying that. Um, certainly the dry conditions are going to give you the best chance up against the smaller cars, I guess. Hopefully. I'll need to run a few of these little things over. <laughs> I have no doubts you're going to get straight through there. Thank you so much. Guy, we've got a quick minute before you actually get on the bike. I've just heard your sort of last seconds briefing. You're out there not to qualify the bike but just to make sure you're comfortable with it and with the circuit presumably well yeah because i was i didn't realize until the middle of the week that qualifying was um yesterday i had to work yesterday so i didn't get done till nine o'clock last night and then um 
set off at R3 this morning and I'm here. So yeah, to qualify I've got to do three I'm, I'm very glad you're here. You're also going to be qualifying in the dry, not in the wet. It was, it was, it was terrible yesterday. Big round, big round, big round. Well, that was Guy Martin, fresh off the match list that he's going to be riding in the race a little bit later. And I caught up with him actually in the pit lane where he was chatting to all his friends just as he'd come off the bike. Guy, just spare, spare me a minute. I'll Thank walk you. with you if that's now, okay mate, with you. Yeah, you're right, mate. First experience of the bike, first experience of the Goodwood circuit. What do you think of both of them? Well, you say that, you say that. I mean, I've never rode a motorbike around here and I've never drove a car around here. But I have done, I think, about six or 700 mile on a push bike around here. We brought the um, world tandem record. Oh, right. And we yeah. did it here, yeah, me and a mate of mine. We just did a tandem, yeah. So I, I don't know where I'm going on a motorbike or a car, but I have done plenty of laps on a push bike. So I sort of know which way the track goes, way, but I don't know where to break and. Did you enjoy well, the experience? That's great, yeah, yeah, just getting um, wound up, ready for um, ready for the race this afternoon. Are you surprised how big the event is? I've heard loads about it, because um, I've done the Festival of Speed before, but I've never, I've never been to the Revival. I mean, it's yeah, it's a hell of a deal, isn't it? 200,000 people expected over the weekend. 200,000 people? Oh. Bloody hell. Oh, we've, just, we've just packed up. <laughs> we said, they said get here for 8 o'clock, so we got, we, we got here. We was in Chichester for 8 o'clock, and it took an hour to get to the car park, and it took an hour to get from the car park into the track. So, yeah, we was, we was a bit late. We set off at half three this morning, yeah. Hey, we're here, we're here. We've got a laps done. Um, yeah, we're grand. We're grand looking forward to it. Andy Abreu, who today is racing a Ford Zodiac. Um, a bit of a shift from what you're used to racing. Yeah, it is, but it's a lot of fun, actually. The cars are, are awesome to drive. It's been well prepared, and uh, it's a fun car, you know. You can really slide it around, and uh, it's a big old heavy beast, but, of course, the Ford GT is the the latest technology and you know yeah it's a different a different ball game but it's nice to come back here and be part of this amazing event you know lord march is just it just takes it to another level every year it's amazing said car a bit of a whale it's fair to be said compared to the yeah. uh, sort of premium technology with the gt what do you feel about the the difference between having just everything all manual and and you know completely adjustable under your hands and your fingertips is that a better sensation do you think than some of the more modern stuff um, it's different, you know, you can't say better or worse, but, you know, you've got a heel and toe, but I've raced in touring cars for years, so I'm blipping and doing all that anyway myself, I like that. Um, obviously the Ford GT is, you know, you've got so much, so many parameters you can play with now, you know, traction control and the blips, this and that and everything else, but, you know, something nice about the, the way that you can drive this car, it kind of, it sort of um, promotes Larry driving which is great fun whereas like modern race cars you've got to be so ultra precise and so professional and, and so disciplined with your driving really whereas with this car you can you've got a bigger window to play around with and, and of course the crowds love to see that as well so it's, it's, it's nice it's rewarding to drive it sounds like absolute fun and today conditions considerably better than they were yesterday uh, you, mean you might have sort of swum round yesterday yeah. you know it's a lot better it's dry it's uh, yesterday my first lap was the fastest lap and got slower every lap so hopefully today we'll get the other, other way but obviously the track's a lot more uh, slippery yesterday and I think somebody was dropping oil and all sorts of stuff so let's see what she can do she's, uh, she's P10 on the grid and you know I'd be happy with I'd be happy with a top 5 but you know with these, with these all the cars are so different you know you never know some guys just drive past you in a straight line and you catch them up in the corners and then they drive past you back in a straight line so it's, it's a lot of fun you know we'll, we'll see how it goes I've no doubt so you're going to push your way through there thank Absolutely. you so much for talking to me alright buddy thank you cheers thank mate you. Very important moment for a very important team and one that's been important to you throughout your career. 
Yes, uh, a Curie course sort of made Jackie Stewart. David Murray gave me the opportunity of driving for him in uh, 1963, and without that, I wouldn't have been noticed by Ken Tyrrell um, and wouldn't have been noticed by DRM. So a Curie course had a huge amount to do with my development as a driver. With the first round of the St Mary's Trophy, Due to go off fairly shortly with Andrew Jordan, who's on pole, on pole in an A40. Are you surprised to be on pole with this car? Or did the uh, the weather cards stack your way yesterday? Yeah, I know this car very well. It's our own car, so I do a lot of driving in it anyway. So uh, when we saw it, it was raining, it was going to help us against the more powerful Jaguars, especially, and it, and it did. So we had quite a big margin to pole uh, to second, sorry, which was two and a half seconds. So. At the minute it's dry, so we'll see how the big Jaguars come into it. But, yeah, looking forward to a good race. So the game plan is basically to stay up front as long as you can and get in their way. That's exactly the plan. So we'll see if we can do that. But it's just important to enjoy the experience, enjoy this weekend. And uh, if we cap that off with a win, that would be perfect. I got the impression there was a sort of uh, unofficial handicapping system going on. They seem to have put all the quick guys in what they thought would be the slower cars. Right. And the weather jinxed that plan. Yeah, but even in the dry, the, a, the A40s um, are up there, just lacking a little bit in horsepower. But we're, in the dry, we should still be up at the sharp end. It'll just be, just be an interesting fight with the bigger car. Don Law, who's uh, busy polishing the car. I noticed your new Go Faster piece on there. Is that, is that FIA sanctioned? Do you not think these cars always wore them in the 50s and 60s? So we put one on because it looks period. Well, it's, it looks like a period one anyway. It's slightly frayed. Just a nice old bungee cord. <laughs> it's, it's glorious, these, the, the Jaguars, and, and you've, you've spent half your life, probably more than that, working with them. This one, you think, has got a serious chance this afternoon? It's going to plow through the, the little cars in front? No, I think clearly we're going to struggle now. I think the Austins uh, really, you know, they're going very, very well. Uh, we struggled in the wet, and, uh, and I think they're going to be quicker in the dry, but we'll see. We're going to have a go. And who's, who's driving, Justin? Uh, so we got Justin, he's qualified third in his grid, uh, Anti qualified fifth in the wet, and uh, it was an appalling uh, qualifying session, that very greasy, a lot of oil down on track too. And uh, no, we, we, we just love to be here. And, and, uh, and you know, just noticed it's just started to rain. So I, I have, I have, but you know, we've just done the most important race for us this week, and that was the Setterington Cup with two of the grandchildren. All right, and they just had a wonderful time. Mr. Plato, sir, we are in the collecting area again, in front of uh, a car that I think you've driven before. I know, I've not tri driven this. You've not one. driven this, this one. one. Yeah, the, 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 the Westminster. No, I've not driven it. All right, okay. We are somewhere between wet and dry conditions, so how do you fancy no, things going? Wait, come on, power, power of positive thought. <laughs> it's just merely a little sprinkle. And which will give you a chance to get through from... Do you know what, I drove down. the car yesterday in the wet and obviously we did okay. Yeah. But I, I really want to try and see, see what it's like in the dry, because I think, I think this car is, you know, as competitive as the Jags, so they're yeah, saying. Yeah, and, you know, that gets me up near the sharp end, so I'm... Either way, I think we can have a great race. Well, have, have great fun because that's really what it's all about. Yeah, it, it, you're going to have to play your way through lo loads and loads of the smaller brethren, the A40s. Well, I'm hoping we're going to be if we're quicker than them. Which I, uh, I don't know. I mean, the Jordan cars are rocket ship. Yeah, because Andy's pretty average. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just going to talk to him next. I'll tell you. Uh, I'm joking. Yeah, 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 I'm joking. Yeah, I know you are. Do you know what? If we can, if we can, you know, fight for a podium position or be, you know, up in the top six, I'll be chuffed with that. Yeah, that's good. That's what it's all about. It's yeah. just, you know, we're not. We, we don't come here with a with. Uh, you know, the mindset isn't to come here to think about winning. No. The mindset is to come here to think about enjoy some racing, having some fun. Looking at stunningly beautiful women in their get-up, having a few sherbets with, with, with the, you know, with our mates and enjoying with old it. friends. Yeah, good stuff. Enjoy. So, one of the day's big races on the Saturday, the St Mary's Trophy, part one, part two to come tomorrow. And just a little while ago, talking to Andrew Jordan, who uh, Jason Plato reckons he's A40, which is on pole is an absolute rocket ship uh, Jason saying that with some envy because his is not he's in the much heavier 58 Westminster a very different car drivers being installed now in their cars Theo Peters watching the cars head out onto track so Theo you're going to be competing as well in the Z car it's a bit of a beast that it certainly is a bit of a beast but I certainly won't be as competitive as uh, Andy Prio who absolutely is uh, got the most out of the car and he's lining 10th and I expect him actually in this weather to finish a little bit more forward than that fingers crossed I know he's certainly looking forward to making his way up the pack uh, we spoke to him a little bit earlier and uh, he absolutely loves the car and the adjustability that you get um, for me I think it's got to be the noise what do you think uh, they, no, nothing beats it I know we talk about electric and everything else and it's certainly going to have to be the way forward but we're going to be listening to these cars for a long time to come just like we listen to old records and the reminders of uh, bygone days my boss he used to compete actually in a Zodiac from new many many years ago uh, he absolutely loved the car what's it that draws you to the, the Z cars well they're, they're fabulous they're big beasts but they handle incredibly well for such a big car they really do handle well and um, they're just a joy to drive and they're so predictable as well and good fun to push your way through the A40s well fingers crossed they're a long way ahead at the moment the entire field of cars just uh, off the start line on pole for the Grand Prix cars and voiturette race the 1936 ERA Remus a very very well known car a very fast car 1936 car perhaps but it's still racing very successfully post war uh, with the Siam flag on the rear of it this was a, a Prince Spearer car it just started it up to start warming it up and you can hear it just sounds wonderful and the peculiarity of these cars is that they could only be started there's no clutch to disengage so they're sitting up on a frame with the wheels spinning and then at a later stage they'll simply jump it off the frame like they do with a motorcycle racer these days but it takes these older cars quite a long time to warm through as it did in period and they've got us they're checking now to make sure the carburetor's warm so the fuel is vaporizing correctly 
they will check the fuel pressure because this has to be hand pumped for fuel pressure and it's just a gorgeous piece of pre-war motoring which is clearly very very fast still and I think it raced in France for many years which is why it's in blue because that's the French racing colors albeit that there's a large Union Jack on it as well so so now it's based here can't find the driver so that's as much as I can tell you about the car but it's a very important piece of motor racing history talking to Federico Murati from Italy this is um, a pretty rare Ferrari it's a 1950 Ferrari with a 2 liter engine uh, 12 cylinder with 3 carburetor at the time it was running as a Formula 2 yeah. while the similar car with a one and a half liter but with a turbo compressor turbocharger was running Formula 1 I'm owning this car since 3-4 uh, years mainly racing here in UK and I'm enjoying a lot you, you really enjoy not, driving it? Not enjoy too much yesterday with the rain. But no, a bit of a handful in the rain. <laughs> yes, but today I hope to enjoy more. Now, I, I have to ask you this, because our photographer will have spotted it. Why is it in green when we got so used to seeing Ferrari cars in red? It is in green because at the time, a private, a private driver from UK, Mr. Peter Whitehead, bought from Ferrari some cars. And Mr. Ferrari said, okay, I can send it to you, but it must not be red. So, because you're English, you painted it in green. Brilliant. There's always a history behind these yeah. things. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. So, in the best traditions of Goodwood, the St. Mary's Trophy race won by Frank Stippler in one of the Jaguars. Um, but always not lost for the little cars, because... Jason Plato, who rated his chances quite highly, was third, even though he appears to have pulled in with either a very flat tyre or the suspension that's gone down. So, yes, a very flat tyre. So he still brought it home, and he said he was going to do well. Sadly, the pole man is just being pushed away. Andrew Jordan's car, which broke quite early on in the race, was parked up and it's just being pushed back to home base by the mechanics. I have to say, the Studebaker was mighty to perceive. It rolled all over the place, but it sort of sat on its rear cart springs when he hit the go pedal on the start, finished straight, and it just went off like a mad thing. Extraordinary car. And one of the great varieties of cars we get here. Michael, we're just uh, getting towards the end of day two now and the weather looks to me like it's uh, taking a little bit of a turn for the worse, hopefully not as seriously as it did yesterday. But this is your first out revival. You had a good one? It's been brilliant, I have to say. Uh, Goodwood's always superb for being able to get really close to all the cars and in this case the planes as well. But it's just been a superb day, really has. Yeah, it's, it's been a great day here. We, we've... Um, We've talked to, I think, all of the major names that are here. 
and all of the minor ones that of course make up the bulk of the field and put all their time, money and huge amounts of effort into restoring some of the cars. There's certainly, uh, you were telling me about uh, a gentleman earlier and how much he'd spent time-wise on, on the car that he was driving. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's superb vehicle, completely polished body, all the world's ground down, sanded down, flatted down and polished. Just a beautiful, beautiful aluminium machine. It's, it's just amazing uh, to me that some people spend lots of money and they'll actually send it off to a specialist and get these things done. But a lot of the owners are doing these things themselves and they might spend years restoring some of these cars. One, one guy told me that, uh, I think the Delage, he'd spent six years rebuilding that. It's incredible, but to be honest, I can completely believe it. Uh, I mean, having done a, a couple of cars myself, it, it does take a fair bit of time to do, and do it right. I think probably what's more impressive for me is the fact that not only have they restored them, they're happy to risk it all by taking it out on track again. Uh, I mean, they, they aren't uh, holding back when they're out there. You know, they are rubbing. Um, and it is, it, it is tough. You can see this. It's a lot of work that's got into the cars and there's a lot to lose if they, if they do have a, a slight off. Um, but, you know, they, they clearly enjoy it and fair play to them. I think you uh, you managed to see a bit of the uh, St Mary's Trophy, the part one of that. Uh, interesting ending. We uh, speculated earlier that the uh, Jaguars would get through the A40s, that had all because of the weather ended up at the front of the, the grid, uh, and the Jaguar did win. More interesting, I think, was the fact that there was still one A40 in there fighting right at the end, which is amazing. I think it's been a superb display from them all round, to be honest with you. Obviously, they dominated in the wet, uh, in the dry, didn't quite have the power to, to match up to some of the, uh, the bigger, bigger power, bigger engine cars, but, but you know, they did an incredible job to stay where they did. What really got me uh, when I was speaking to Andy was that he absolutely loved driving that car um, and the guys you can see are just enjoy the fun that they get out of, uh, of chucking these round corners for all of our amusement I, I, I really admire the fact I mean it, the cream rises the, the driving talent really will out and that there seems to be a sort of handicapping of putting the quicker guys into the older cars but it, it hasn't quite worked out they're still very very quick and, and definitely very bold with their driving too. I mean, they say you know, it, it's the, the few extra tenths that make the difference really when it comes to racing. Some of these older cars, there's obviously a massive gap in terms of what they can do with regards to the performance and the handling, but they really do go fully committed and uh, it definitely shows at the end. You can see the professional drivers exactly who they are. Yeah, we've had a great day's racing. I think there's yet more to come, but uh, I think that might be weather affected I certainly hope not certainly not like yesterday you can hear the uh, pre-war Grand Prix cars in the background and aren't they loud no, well, they were still racing here in, in period post-war uh, because uh, you know around the uh, first two or three years after the war there simply weren't any Grand Prix cars that were being built yeah, incredible, absolutely incredible. And you see these machines, the uh, lack of safety gear, you know, really they are just sitting on a seat in a car and going around at incredible speeds uh, and just, I guess, hoping they're going to stay in and stay facing the right way around. I mean, I really have to say I wouldn't have the balls to be driving at that kind of pace. No, it's, it's quite amazing. Well, we, as obviously you can hear from our voices, we've had a great day here. We've got one more to come tomorrow and uh, we'll just... Uh, see what uh, happens there's some interesting racings coming up uh, there's certainly the part two of St Mary's uh, the saloon cars and there's the big nine hour race and the two driver race and so on and so on lots more racing to come 
Looking forward to it? I just can't wait, to be honest. I think it's going to be Wellies on tomorrow again, but do you know what? It's definitely worth waiting for the mud to watch. <laughs> All right, well, let's have another good one, uh, as we have done today, another good one tomorrow. Yeah.